0: Well, good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here. We've uh, got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we'll be having a look at uh, some of our Harvard Business Review business tips that might help our business. We're also going to have a look at customer service. But right now, we're going to have a chat with Brett Gleeson from the Business Growth Centre. Good afternoon, Brett.
1: Yeah, hi, Julian.
0: Thank you for, for joining us again. Uh, it's been a while since we've had a chat. Um, oh,
1: about a month, yeah, about a month. Imagine how quickly it goes past.
0: <laughs> the year's almost gone, hasn't it? Well,
1: well over halfway <laughs> gone anyway.
0: <laughs> so so uh, how businesses can reinvent themselves? That's an interesting question. Uh, I suppose all businesses go some, through some sort of a life cycle, don't they?
1: They do, yeah. They, they, they. It's a natural occurrence. Um, you know, they've, they've what we call the pre-setup stage. So they're getting they should be doing their research and and working out what business they want to be in and and what their business model might be. And then they go through that setup stage. So they actually start the business and and get things happening. Um, they will often then um, go through a growth a growth spurt, um, and that's really important because we know that more businesses actually go broke. Uh, during the growth phase and what they actually do during the startup phase, because uh, they actually don't control that growth. And then they move into, if they get past that, they then move into maturity. So they then sort of stabilize and, and they uh, mature as a, as a business. Uh, and then, they can if they want to go into another stage, which is called the stagnation and die stage, um, which is what we we don't want them to do, of course. But um, uh, if they don't uh, know about the cycle, they don't recognise where they're at, um, and that can be, can be quite quite dangerous for them if they're if they're actually at that um, post maturity stage and not looking to reinvent themselves uh, and reinvigorate the business, then that can actually be quite um, uh, they can be quite complacent, I suppose, and then and that can be detrimental to the business long term.
0: Okay, so, so you've got some interesting observation about uh, a butcher shop, I believe.
1: Yeah, I think, I think, they are, I think the, the butchery industry over the last um, 20 or 30 years is a good, a good model to, to look at. Um, back in the 90s, well, I remember you know, from my younger years, you go into a butcher shop, um, and there'd yeah be one or two men in there. Uh, there would be for those who are old enough remember they'd often have sawdust on the floor, uh, and it was a very old-fashioned, very staid way of of having things with a very selected range. Um, Basic, just you would just buy a, a limited range of of goods. The advent of uh, and the emergence of shopping centres uh, happened in the sort of mid mid 90s when they really took off. Um, and the localised butcher shops, well, you had one sort of virtually in every suburb started to disappear. In fact, there was about, um, a 20% reduction in the number of butchers in Australia, uh, which is about a thousand butchers Australia-wide closed in, in a very short period of time because they weren't able to compete with the uh, shopping centres and, and then we saw, um, I guess an evolution in some ways of the butcher shop where they now value-add a lot. So you get uh, meals that are complete, you just have to take them home and stick them in the saucepan and uh, they're already ready to go. So they've moved on from a very limited range to a very wide range. You see more women working in in butcher shops now where they're doing the customer service part of it. Um, And you see them um, like supermarkets in themselves but also evaluating with other products like sauces and 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 spices and the whole range of things that um, that go with meat um, so there's been a, a quite a change um, that happened and that was I guess because of the change of lifestyles and the way we do our shopping uh, so they sort of you know, they um they, they, those, some of them responded and were able to respond, uh, others didn't respond and don't, no longer exist, but there's been a significant change when you sit back and look at the butchering industry and, and butcher shops as they were once, uh, very dominant in the, in the, uh, in the business world, um, still dominant, but in a very different, in a very different way.
0: And of course, uh, one of the things that has happened is that uh, some of these businesses, whether it's the butchers, the, uh, the fruit shops have, have gone back to delivering at home again.
1: Yes they've had to find ways to compete of course and they're competing with the online online market these days which is a, um, a significant and growing part of um, way of doing business uh, yeah and and uh, that evaluating um, the service uh, is, a, is one another way that they can actually compete but it's more likely to be the the owner operated businesses that will do that rather than the bigger ones that um, are not mm. quite able to respond in quite the same Personalized way, so it gives them a, a bit of a competitive advantage in, in many ways
0: so so I suppose we can uh, draw some sort of conclusions then or some lessons for other other businesses
1: we, we can and I, I think that 's around the mindset of the, of the business and whether they and knowing uh, where they are at in the in the cycle uh, and certainly when they get uh, to a state where um, they need to re reinvent themselves uh, and they look at that by seeing what's happening around them so in in this case um the change change of the of the way businesses were the business models when supermarkets well, sorry when uh, shopping centers came along and uh, we just see now that shopping centers are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and uh they're you know, looking not just to sell products or services are actually looking to be entertainment centers and and uh, restaurant precincts, the whole lot. And uh, so um, th- you can see things happening around you. It's a case of looking at your business and looking at what's happening around you, and having a mindset that's open to growth, that's open to innovation, that's open to doing things differently in order to stay relevant. And if you're not relevant to your customers, then they'll go they'll go elsewhere. So that that notion of being relevant uh, is really important. And you. Um, The business owners need to, as we know, know, work on their business as well as in their business. If they're not spending about 20% of their time Mm. at least working on their business and looking at these bigger questions, higher-level questions, then they're not going to to stay uh, competitive in the longer term.
0: And, of course, I suppose it means keep talking to your customers and and asking them what they want so that you can keep adding those uh, new products and services and improving your products.
1: Absolutely, yeah, if you're not not looking for opportunities uh, and looking at ways to to um, find out, and as you're quite right it's that the customers are your best source of uh, of research for your business. And they will tell you whether you you're, 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 what's happening or not and uh, that's that's very important to have that, that communication and, and invite it they they often won't give you the feedback unless you actually invite it so you've got to find ways to chat with them and and let's face it butcher, butchers were very good at that butchers will often have a very good chat with you um yeah, while while you they yeah, they're doing cutting out your meetups and stuff so it's um um that's a very good example of uh, of staying in in, uh, in touch with your butcher and and, uh, and knowing your customers.
0: And they're probably giving that feedback online at the moment.
1: In some <laughs> cases they are. Yeah. In some cases they are. And, and uh, But the, some businesses, you know, they, they invite the feedback. Yes. They are not using the mechanisms to actually research or, or to collate that feedback and actually use it systemically across to inform their business. Um, a lot of them invite it, and it look, they look like they're actually wanting to know what, what it is that the customers want, but then actually behind the scene, they're actually not doing that next step of actually collating that and and, and analysing it to say what, what are the trends here. So that's the, that's the important thing for businesses to do.
0: Great. Well, thanks for your time again, Brett. We'll uh, have a chat with you again next week. Or next month, I should say.
1: Next month, yes, Julian. End of, end of August it will be. It will be. <laughs> a bit, bit scary. It will
0: that. soon be Christmas.
1: That's right. Yep. Thank you.
0: Bye-bye. Rick there from the Business Growth Centre, helping us to understand, yeah, businesses can reinvent themselves. In fact, businesses have to keep re- reinventing themselves. You're listening to Business, The Law and You on 2NURFM. Now, Christina, of course, is still overseas on her holidaying trip, so uh, we thought we'd have a look at customer service today because, uh, you know, customer service is just so important to businesses and yet it's surprising. I think, you know, most of us only get mediocre to average customer service. Very rare do we get that. Exceptional customer service. And yet so many training courses these days feature customer service. So, so why do we have this problem? And I think if uh, we look at some of the statistics that uh, are well known, you know, 1% of our customers leave us because they die and 3% move elsewhere and 5% make friends with another business and 9% believe they can get a better price elsewhere. But they're, they're things that we probably don't have much control over, but uh, 14% are not happy with the product, and 68% leave us because of perceived indifference shown by the business. So, uh, you know, we might be thinking that we're giving good customer service, but uh, you know, the customer often feels uh, that you being a little bit indifferent. And uh, again, we can look at some of the statistics, only 4% of unhappy customers will return to complain and the rest never will. So just because we haven't got a lot of people complaining doesn't mean to say that there isn't a problem with our service. 70% of customers return if their complaint is resolved and 95% return if their complaint is resolved promptly. So you know, a, a customer complaint is often a good opportunity to turn things around. And then the other statistics that are probably well known, 10 to 20 people tell of a good experience, 5 to people are told of a bad experience. Sorry, that's the wrong way around. Five people are told about a good experience and 10 to 20 are told about a bad experience. And then we look at it, it costs six to eight times as much to reach new customers as it does to keep existing ones. So what fantastic opportunities we have. And as we mentioned a few minutes ago with, with Brett, you know, so many people are turning to the internet these days, the social media, to voice their opinions on uh, products and services. So uh, the most common customer complaints really haven't changed over the last few years. Number one is no follow-up on orders, unreturned telephone calls and promises not kept. Number two is a rude or irritable attitude. Number three is lack of personal attention, greeting or eye contact. Number four is salespeople who take phone calls while serving a customer. So, and then uh, number six 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 is uh, salespeople who continue to talk to other employees or friends. Salespeople who don't quickly respond and keep to track of who's going to be to be served next. Errors in billing. Salespeople who eat or drink in front of customers. Salespeople with insufficient product knowledge and signs throughout a store saying what customers can't do. Those have been around for a long time and they really haven't changed. So uh, there's obviously opportunities for many of us out there in our businesses to improve. Well, time to have a look at a Harvard Business Review tip. And this one says, avoid those common strategic planning activities. When it comes to setting strategy, most companies do three things that are useless. These exercises may be familiar and reassuring, but you should not do them. Firstly, you should not wait until the annual strategy review to revisit your strategy. Competitors don't wait a year to attack. Customers don't wait to shift their preferences. And new technology doesn't wait to change the game. Monitor the marketplace continuously and keep your strategy choices aligned with it. Secondly, don't put together a SWOT analysis to kick off the process. There is no such thing as generic strengths, weaknesses, opportunities or threats. A strength is only a strength in specific contexts. Rather than trying to analyse these in advance, first figure out where you want to play and how you will win. And thirdly, don't worry about perfect mission statement right now. You can't finalise your statement without choosing where to play and how to win. So start with a draft that you can revisit. So some interesting little comments there. And another one here from the Harvard Business Review, why you should ask your boss for advice. When you're dealing with a conflict, for example, a dispute with a vendor over a bill or a disagreement with a co-worker, sometimes the best way to mitigate the problem is to ask the other person for his or her advice. Soliciting soliciting advice has several benefits. It arms you with new information, it makes you appear more, more cooperative and it helps others see things from your perspective and it can even turn the other person into a champion for your cause. Consider this, in a recent study, employees who asked their bosses for advice were almost twice as likely to be promoted. The old adage is true, you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at the business growth cycle and uh, customer service and the importance of that. In a moment, Royce McCormick will be back with you with more of your easy listening favorites. Next week, we'll have some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business now or in the near future. I'd love your company again for business, the law and you at the same time for And on the same day, on next Thursday. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Lao Tzu once said, for all things difficult to acquire, the intelligent man works with perseverance.